Welcome back to another episode of Chasing Common Ground, and I am your host, Chris Little. So I have found that one of the easiest times to record a podcast is actually when I'm going from place to place. The purpose of today's episode is going to be recapping some of the things that I've learned and been up to over the last few years. So to fill in the gaps for anybody who's new to the show, when I first started this podcast, it was called The Lifestyle Chase. Um, The reason that I came up with that name is because I kind of think of myself as like very much general population trainer. So I'm not necessarily like seeking out people who are high, high competition athletes or anything like that. Like, it's not like I can't help a competitive person, but I'm looking for people who are looking to get the most quality of life, who maybe are looking to make a big change in their lifestyle, to be happier, to be more confident. Uh, A lot of people who end up working with me also end up finding new jobs just because of just the atmosphere and environment that we create where we start to realize that if you hate your job, why keep doing it? But it's not something that I advertise as one of my services. I'm not a career counselor or anything. It's just happy accidents. So if you were to go back and listen to the first episode of the podcast, you'd hear me interviewing my friend, Blake Fillion. Blake Fillion and I got to know each other through CrossFit. Uh, When I started in fitness, Like I had dabbled in gyms. I'd gone to some Edmonton gyms. I've uh, spent some time in the weight room in high school, stuff like that. But when I really started to get dedicated, it was actually through spin classes. Uh, It's a very long story, but I can make it short by saying that I was so dedicated and had been so inspired by the idea of being an instructor. It basically became my whole personality for the greater part of uh, at least two years. In that pursuit to be an instructor, I actually ended up starting to pursue personal training. And so I went and did some of the courses as part of the personal training specialist through Nate, or the personal fitness trainer program, I should say. And I also got my CanFit certification so I could start working with people. I had also been applying actively for different gyms while working my full-time job. And I would have to say the catalyst was when I took the leap from the full-time job, had to kind of really bet on myself. It was a bit of financial risk where essentially I walked away from a sure thing, salary job with benefits to the land of the unknown, not really knowing what was in the cards, what was possible. It was when I met Blake Fillion that I started to realize the value of connecting with people and finding common ground, which is basically the rebrand of the show as you know it today. And on that journey, it didn't just start with Blake. It continued on with quite a few other people. Um, I met professional athletes, business owners. I had some of my past clients on the show. I've had some close friends. I've had people that are super important to me on the show. I've had people who have inspired me on the show. I've had people who just do things differently. And also, the show has encapsulated a lot of big moments for people. Moments right before 
perhaps they met the love of their life or moments right before they realized that they were going to be a parent. And so it's kind of like a time capsule in that sense. So if you're new to the show, if you've just met me recently, basically what you can know about me is my origin is I'm just your typical personal trainer. And as my career has evolved, the podcast has too, and so have I. To give you a little bit of a snapshot of how today went, we are currently recording on Sunday afternoon. I started my day with some coffee. I like to make coffee in the French press. Then I went to Evolve Strength South, where I trained majority of my in-person clients. And I trained a young couple. And I say young because they're about my age, and I'm young at heart. I'm 31 years old. And so it works really well for them because they hold each other accountable. And basically what they do is they'll meet with me once a week and then they'll take what they've learned from the session and do their own independent workouts throughout the week. And this just allows them to stay on track with their fitness while sticking to their budget. Some people work with me multiple times in person per week. Some people once per week, some people will be once every couple weeks. And I just work with what a person's budget constraints are. And I also have the ability to, uh, to work with people remotely online. And basically what online training works, what it looks like is that, uh, you would have your program delivered through an app and through that, you would be able to see the exercise demonstrations and you would have a clear idea of what you have to do for your workout. So every exercise will both be listed as the exercise name, but with also a video and a description with instructions of what to do. And all my online clients essentially have 24 access to me. So 24 seven, essentially you message me at any time. I'm usually going to respond within four hours. I think the most it's ever taken me is 24 hours. Sometimes when maybe I like sleep in or take take some time to be with family or friends, but really I'm quite responsive. When people have questions about their program, they can just send me a video message and show me what they're doing and I can respond with some feedback right away. So never feel like it's impossible to work with me even if you don't live in Edmonton. So now taking the time machine moving forward podcast started in about September 2018. Since then, it has seen such an evolution in just how I talk to people, the questions I ask, what I've learned along the way, the lessons I've taken, the lessons the guests have taken. And as such, my career has grown and evolved as well. So if you were to ask me what I do on a given day, I would say that my work is about 80% remote, online-based. I do some work with other business owners, coaches, trainers, do some contracting for like within other businesses as a coach. Um, The primary solutions I provide are when people are struggling to set up their podcast or maybe they're having trouble making the transition into online training where they don't know how to set up like their training platform. Sometimes people are having trouble troubleshooting things through their website. Sometimes people need to improve their SEO. And then with Genpop, 
there's people that I work with one-on-one. There's people that I work with two-on-one. I have done one-off presentations for large groups. I work good with school groups, kids groups, because I have a camp counselor background. And I have done some work with other businesses, whether that be a property management business where I can work with the tenants, or in some cases, it's a just team building thing where I can kind of rally your employees together, bring up workplace morale, provide some fitness insight to them if they're having that they have some struggles with their fitness and wellness. I find that if you take care of your people, they're better equipped to take care of your business goals and just keep retention high. You don't want to have too much turnover at your workplace because the amount of money that it costs to train new people. And so if you invest in their health and their wellness and their happiness and their quality of life, I think that's a great investment, which is why I pitch that quite frequently whenever I get the opportunity. So you could say I'm a pretty busy guy. My additional things I do is I do some videography projects. I do some editing for other coaches and trainers. I do some editing for people outside of the fitness industry. I do some light graphic design. I've done some live uh, conference production. I helped out with the Evolve Strength uh, Fitness and Business Summit and helped out with uh, Beverly Simpson's FitBiz Live presentation in New York City. So I dabble, I dabble here and there and everywhere. Aside from that, some of the things that I take an interest in that have nothing to do with fitness, nothing to do with work, are, I'm going to paint a picture for you. So basically everywhere I go, I take an interest in what the potential could be. So if I'm driving around Edmonton and I see some like vacant spaces, particularly like commercial spaces, I'm always curious like what business is going to go into that space? And then who is going to work there? And like, what, what's the lifestyle of those people? Like what kind of things do those people do and what businesses are they going to go to? And where are they gonna live? And these are things that I think about quite often and the reason I think is because I'm often thinking about like the great big picture, like what kind of communities are going to surround me and what kind of trends are we going to see in the economy and what is going to happen to interest rates? What is going to happen with housing and all these other things? And that is a good segue to some of my favorite podcasts. So I'm going to give a shout out to some of my podcasts that I listen to. One of them is called the Canadian Investors Podcast. If I titled that wrong, just send me a message on Instagram or email just to ask what the podcast was about investing. The other one is it's a sister podcast of theirs. It's the Canadian Real Estate Investor Podcast. And they dive more into, I'll give you an example, an episode that I really enjoyed. They talked about how within major cities in Canada, they're changing some of the zoning to allow for things like duplexes and fourplexes in places that wouldn't have previously allowed for that for 
building permits and whatnot. So now we're seeing quite a bit of densification in neighborhoods, particularly where I live. It's, uh, they're building a lot and this wasn't the case 10 years ago. And part of that is exciting, but a point that was brought up was that, uh, while that will be more, more homes, more spots, more beds for people, more, more room for accommodating multiple member families, it doesn't set necessarily guarantee that the utilities are equipped for that volume of water, for that volume of gas, electricity, etc. And it may be catastrophic. So these are the things that I like to learn about. I like to learn about uh, trends and technology, AI, all that stuff beyond just the whole fun, make an image with the description, but also to understand how you can work harmoniously with evolving technology. Like everything, there's a good part and a bad part. It's just like with the internet. Um, before we didn't have to worry about weird internet stalkers because nobody could access each other in that way. Now with AI, before we didn't have to worry about somebody being able to replicate your voice and make an entire podcast on your voice dubbed. So somebody could, there's a lot of crazy things that you could do and I'm not gonna get too descriptive because I don't wanna set people up with any ideas, but it's pretty crazy. However, I think your mindset and the way that you approach situations like this is important. And so this pulls from my philosophies with training, with life, with everything like that. I tend to be a bit of an optimist. It can deter some people and it also magnifies some people. So if I think, if I set my mind to a goal, I'm going to be inclined to have the bias that I can do it rather than the bias that I can't. Everybody can prove themselves wrong. They can say that they can't do a thing. Not everybody has that sort of stubborn self-belief or grit or whatever you want to call it to follow through with all of that. For me, part of my personality is that uh, I tend to push myself to the brink of shutdown, to the brink of exhaustion, to make it happen. And this isn't something that I recommend for everybody. This isn't something that I encourage people or that I train people to do. But I do think you have to have some sense of desire to succeed. Like if you are willing to prove yourself wrong or to speak ill of yourself or to say there's no way that you could possibly succeed given the situation that you're set up with, then you're probably gonna fail and it's not gonna be a fun time. Whereas if you are willing to acknowledge the odds are not that great and that you don't know anybody else that's doing what you do, but that you will keep trying until you do it, you're likely to be more successful. It just sounds ignorantly optimistic and it's not glamorous because amidst the failures and having to try, try, try again, like it's not going to be something where other people want to trade places with you. From the lens of somebody who has spent now most of my career actually self-employed, I have I have surpassed the period of time that I'd spent in any other single industry. Now, aside from like the collection 
of high school jobs that I had. Most of my professional independent paid career has been self-employed as contractor in some capacity. So it's gotten to the point where I actually know more about that than I know about being an employee. And what I can tell you about that is there's oftentimes when you feel absolutely silly for the positions you find yourself in, the emotional roller coasters, but the rewards that you get from being the person who did that far away any of your rewards from your typical structured nine to five. And this is a matter of opinion. This isn't necessarily a matter of absolute fact. There's probably people with some of the best setups with their nine to five or it matches their RSP contributions and they get 10 weeks of holidays or something like that and they just love what they're doing. They're following their bliss and for those people, keep doing what you do. But I'm going to try and outline how to do what I'm doing or at least see fulfillment or at the very least just pull back the curtains, give you a point of view from what I do how I do it, why I do it. There was a period of time early in my training career where in order to simply just match my expenses, not necessarily like have much walking around money, I worked every single weekend at the bar and any odd cash job I could pick up, I did it. And I had to be very thrifty at the grocery store. And when family birthdays would come up and it's go, oh, well, we gotta get somebody a present that would always stress me out, not because I don't like caring for my people that I love, more so because I never wanted them to know how many sacrifices I was making to chase my goals because I knew how it looked from the outside. I knew it didn't look realistic and I knew that they could see me stressed out and worried and maybe not seeing my highlight reel at that point in my life. But in order for me to get to a point in my life where I'm starting to reap the, the rewards of hard work and consistency and effort and just the resiliency to not quit, in order to get there, I had to take my lumps. And I think anybody who's ever owned a business will tell you the same. And I'll give full disclosure, I'm more of a contractor than I am of a business owner. I help so many other people with their business that I'm kind of like a Swiss army knife of sorts at this moment in my career. This may change six months from now, so you never know. Maybe I'll start some big crystal conglomerate and just take over the world. But at the present moment, my primary role is that I create solutions in multiple industries and multiple skill sets in multiple countries, etc. I'm always on my toes, but it's put me in a very good position where I'm able to travel to conferences, where I'm able to reinvest in myself, and for that I'm grateful. But it, it takes a lot of courage, and you have to kind of just keep going when it feels like you could never possibly be successful. And I was actually recently chatting with a younger coach uh, this morning, actually. And he was kind of feeling frustrated with his own career. And that's kind of what put this top of mind for me, where I wanted to talk about it because his view 
what he knows of me is that I help him with his fitness business. And I was like, well, I mean, if you ever need some motivation, I'll just come on your podcast and I can talk to you about my experience in cross country. Because if anybody knows me quite well, I had an experience as a competitive cross country athlete in high school where I nearly died. That's the short version. And I can still remember how my feet were burning and I can still remember just things fading away. And then I don't remember anything. And then I remember waking up in the hospital. And that was a pivotal moment because A, like, I mean, I learned a lot of self-awareness to know, like, when to stop pushing yourself. And B, I learned that we're very resilient as people. Like, we can push ourselves towards our goals and it might not look very glamorous or attractive or appealing. But if we are able to do that a few times, keep it up, keep trying, keep getting back up, keep getting after it that's when you're going to have your breakthrough. There's crossover with that uh, in your career, but there's also crossover with that in your personal fitness and nutrition goals. So it should be relatable to most people who gravitate to this show in that like, if you have been trying to go on longer hikes, or if you are trying to, maybe you're getting ready to get married or something or you've been swiping left and right on the dating apps and just haven't been having luck and it feels like it's failure, 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 failure. It's only when you quit that you truly fail. If you keep getting after it and you keep trying and trying and trying and having a positive perception of yourself and just getting clear on like where you want to be, you'll succeed. It's inevitable. It's just not a position a lot of people would trade places with you during the struggle. But the funny thing is a lot of people would be inclined to trade places with you once you finally hit your stride. Which is why it's important to not compare yourself with other people. This actually is a great segue because my good pal Jimmy reached out to me today. Now, if anybody doesn't know Jimmy, I met him back in the days when I was going to a spin studio in West Edmonton and he reached out to me because he just needed a friend and I'm pretty good at being people's friend and so we made it happen. We started off, we had a good visit over at Tim Hortons. Their coffee is mediocre so I hope they make no money from this podcast but that's where we had our first visit. I think we had a donut or something too and that we talked about how like the potential for me to be able to help him with his fitness, help him find community, maybe help him find a different uh, career path that was more rewarding for him because he was kind of feeling like that same itch to change in his life that I kind of felt when I ironically first started going to group fitness classes, started going to spins, started going to CrossFit, where I met Blake Fillion, episode one of the Lifestyle Chase. So Jimmy and I's friendship progressed, and we had one day where we did a combination of golfing and a training session at his house. So he basically uh, covered the cost for my golfing. I had never been at such a nice course before. I'm a terrible golfer. I'm not, not the expert for golf fitness 
but I'm, I'm there to have a good time. I almost hit a Canada goose. It was a close call, but uh, the Canada goose or hissing hissing cobra chicken, it got away unscathed. So it was a good time had by all. And then after the golf, we went and we set up his. Uh, he had. He had a Bowflex machine in his basement that he had set up where he could do all kinds of home workouts with cable tension, cable resistance. And so we made sure that was set up. I showed him some of the exercises he could go through and just kind of outlined what a training session for him at home would look like. And then we kind of carried on for a while. We would keep in touch over text see each other at the occasional spit class and then a time came up where actually I think I was gifted some football tickets by a loyal listener and so I took Jimmy with me and Jimmy and I went to a football game he he likes football being the American that he is but I don't think he had ever been to a CFL game yet so we went to an Elks game had a good time uh, talked about his different career pursuits. He had been starting to apply for different jobs. He was kind of wanting to get into the fitness industry, but he was also willing to do any work that just kind of gave him some sense of fulfillment. And it was it was a good journey. And then as time went on, he was kind of feeling like he needed like more of a sense of connection because I think a lot of people are struggling with that. I've had some talks at length of people inside the fitness industry where one of the biggest opportunities for people to get into a coaching program or to get working with a trainer and make that a priority is that there are few better ways to instill a strong sense of connection and community even if your community is very tight-knit like sometimes I'll work with one person and we have our own community and sense of accountability uh continuing development of our goals being able to have like a second point of view in some cases having a trainer means having somebody you can vent a little bit to it's not therapy but it is another human being with emotions and wisdom and life experience or if nothing else a set of ears that operate so I took Jimmy on an adventure I grew up in rural Alberta, and so I've got a lot of experience driving around in the middle of nowhere and accidentally getting lost and just rolling with it. So it was on a Saturday morning or something. I wouldn't say I was just filthy rich or anything, but I had time. And with that time, I decided that I was going to give that time to Jimmy the whole day. I made sure I didn't have anything else that I needed to do. I met Jimmy in the West End, loaded him up in the car, and off we went. We were going to go on an adventure, and we were headed for the direction of Lacombe Gourmets. Unfortunately, I was not good at planning this trip. We arrived at the Gourmets, and it was closed. Slightly embarrassing. Happens. So, we get to the closed gates of the Gourmets, laugh it off and keep driving. We went in the direction of Think of Penhold, 
and then we realized there's really nothing there. So we turned around. We, uh, I think we made it as far as Innisfail, and we were gonna check out the zoo that's there, closed. And then we decided we better find something that's open. So we actually paid a visit to the town of Lacombe, and if I remember correctly, we checked out one of the microbreweries in Lacombe. It had a pretzel and had a few beer. So, all said, it was a day well spent. We had a lot of meaningful conversations along the way because it was a good multiple hours of driving. And it was very formative in us building a strong connection because he later, he later moved back to the U.S. He was a U.S. citizen and during all of the chaos and the pandemic, there was opportunities for him to take great care of his family in the U.S. and not have to worry about the stress of citizenship or anything like that. And that is where he resides today and where he checked in with me today. So I wanted to give him a shout out. He's a good guy. If he ever listens to the podcast and hears me talk about him. But with that aside, that highlights why personal training, fitness, all these things are so essential to your quality of life. There's a lot of ways of feeling connection through social media, through all these different services that we have. We can ping back and forth, talk about our opinions and talk about the chaos of the world, but there are very few things that can give you that good vibes feeling that you get from having like true communication back and forth where you talk, the other person holds space and listens. Then the other person talks and you hold space and you listen and you absorb what they're talking about and you take it it into account. You learn how you're different and you learn from your differences and you learn how to support that other person in their differences and how to give constructive feedback when maybe differences could put somebody in harm's way. Knowing that not all people have to agree on absolutely everything but knowing that you can also draw a line in the sand to keep the better of humanity safe. Basically, understanding that the world does not revolve around just one person, no matter if that person is you, your neighbor, your friend, some person on TV. Um, Side tangent here is that a lot of people will look at somebody with a lot of followers on Instagram this isn't me reflecting on my following, like being bitter whether I have enough followers or not. It's more so an observation. You see a person with 8,000 followers or 100,000 followers or a million followers and you kind of feel like they're wearing a bulletproof, a bulletproof vest when that is simply not the truth. Or you feel like they're out there making no mistakes because they've never posted any or you feel like they never have ever felt insecure, or perhaps you feel like their path to get to where they are going was without any struggle. We talked about the journey of a self-employed person, or the journey of a business owner, or the journey of a person taking the path less traveled. And we talked about the inevitability of struggle with that and how it can make you feel embarrassed, it can make you feel ashamed of yourself, it can make you tuck your tail between your legs and not want to admit how broke you are, or perhaps 
being scared to just openly say that you failed eight times before you finally succeeded. So know that if you're comparing yourself to somebody on Instagram right now, you're probably wrong. Because if we, I told you about what I do in my career, if you looked at my Instagram, you'd probably guess half of it. I told you about the younger trainer that I was talking to about how he felt frustrated and his lens of what I do is I help with businesses, but that's not my lens on what I do. I'm like, no, I'm like a personal trainer. I help general population people with their fitness. But the truth is I, I do a lot of diverse things. Whether that's the wisest approach to take or not is another story, but these are just the facts. When my day is full of stuff, it is full, filled with stuff from about four different categories. And I manage that. So any one of those four interactions that I have would know me for doing one of those four things, but they won't commonly know me for doing all four of those things, which is actually part of why I rebranded the podcast to make it more comfortable to talk about different categories from fitness to business to financial to an interest in the developments of the economy and real estate human connection, personal development, all those things. So I'm going to bring this episode to a close, to a close, I should say, so that I don't get too rambly because I have a tendency to do that. What I'm going to encourage you to do is go to Spotify or Apple Podcasts and rate this podcast five stars preferably. If you're going to read it lower, just ignore what I said. Uh, leave a comment on Apple Podcasts. Basically, to do that, you have to go to Apple Podcasts either on your iPhone or your Mac. If you don't have an iPhone or a Mac, you might be able to do this via iTunes on a PC. If you can't do that, just uh, send me a nice message <laughs> on Instagram or email chris at invigoratetraining.com. Because I'm trying to grow this podcast, I'm trying to get some momentum. If you are someone who wants to be on the show, send me an email. I've had some inquiries. Sometimes I find myself getting pretty busy. So just know if you've inquired and we've talked about it, I haven't just shut the door on you. It's an ongoing sort of like, it's in the air. We might might book in sooner rather than later. Perhaps it'll be something that takes a few years to come to fruition, but never lose faith on having a good conversation. But aside from that, aside from that, we're gonna let you get back to whatever it was you were doing before you tuned in. Just want to say I am very grateful for everybody who has supported my career, everybody who has given me any words of encouragement, anybody who has ever shared a meal with me, anybody who's ever worked with me, each and every single one of you who have who has listened to any single one of these episodes or been on the show. I never want people to get it twisted that I don't think about you every single day. So thank you for making this possible. Thank you for allowing me to do things that I really enjoy in life. Thank you for allowing me to be in a position where I help a lot of other people do a lot of cool things too. Thanks for listening.